0: Provoke Podcast, brought to you by Provoke Media and 4DC, the world's first end-to-end strategic podcasting consultancy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Provoke Media Podcast. My name is Arun Sudhaman. We are here in Cannes and I'm joined by Avian We CEO Nitin Mantri. Nitin,
1: good to see you. Good to see you, Arun. Yes. Are you having a good week so far? So far, great week. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's been wonderful being in Cannes again. How do you
0: find the atmosphere here, given that it's been, what, three years since the last can.
1: Yeah. I think everybody's back in. I think everybody wants to be here. Mm-hmm. Though I did think it was, there were slightly lesser people than I thought than mm-hmm. the last one I attended, which was in 2018. Yes. But still, I think there's a lot of buzz, a lot of, the atmosphere is pretty electric. Yeah and uh, you had some, some great sessions yeah. yesterday. Sure. I guess one
0: of the interesting things um, about Cannes this year is the emergence of social issues. I mean, I think Cannes has always been a forum for that, uh, but I think it's been magnified by you know, the events of the pandemic mm-hmm. and the many challenges, I think, that have kind of come to the forefront in the last two years. One of those, of course, um, is climate change, which is, is front and center in Cannes this year. And we, of course, has been doing a lot of research in this area. Yeah. Uh, we has the Brands in Motion study, um, which it runs regularly. Uh, and there's a recent report called Making Net Zero Net Positive for Everyone. Um, so I wondered if you could perhaps, to start us off, tell us why there is a, a dedicated report with a focus on sustainability.
1: Yeah. So let me give you a quick background about Brands in Motion we'll come to net zero. Uh, so Brands in Motion is in its fifth year now. Mm-hmm. And we've surveyed more than uh, nine thousand plus people, B2B decision makers. It's conducted along with YouGov. Um, and I think what we've been focusing on, the research focusing on really expectations for brand actions and investments. It talks about forces affecting the market at a m- macro level. And Expectations for purpose initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. And this current net zero pulse uh, bravery mandate survey, it's talking about how the what the pressure is on brands to tackle the big issues, right? So, the global pandemic accelerated climate change, mm-hmm. really, you know, and social tensions are really transforming at our lives at kind of very high warp speed, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the um, more than ever now I think the times are calling for bold brave action on issues that matter to people to them to their community and the world right mm-hmm. and i'll give you little statistics right in the last two years the number of people who expect brands to create stability rose by 30 mm-hmm. percent so people are really looking at brands more and more to say okay what can you do to help help us in 2021 brands are facing highest ever of expectation that they do good in the world right right so mm-hmm. so more and more consumers are are expecting socially responsible and sustainable practices across industries, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. And and within that, the big thing is around ESG uh, sustainability for key decision makers in every boardroom.
0: Right, yeah. And we, we've definitely seen the emergence of ESG as a huge driver over the last couple of years, yeah. um, which is good to see. And I think it's, it's good for the public relations industry as well, no doubt. It, it plays to the industry strengths. The, the report talks about um, a just transition. Um, mm-hmm. What is that? And, and how can brands play a role in that?
1: Yeah, good question. So, so you know, if you look at the annual UN Climate Change Conference, which is the, the COP and the World Economic Forum in Davos, C-suite executive discuss writing expectations from climate change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is moving from lofty sustainability commitments to strong and equitable impact across markets mm-hmm. um, but what happens when the c-suite and these leaders leave the conference and summits right right so what what happens after that mm-hmm. how are those intentions and aspirations really playing out on the ground right and that's where the concept of just transition comes in mm-hmm. uh, the idea of just transition recognizes that communities most impacted by climate change are often the ones without adequate resources to mitigate it mm-hmm. and i come from a developing market as well mm-hmm. uh, like india right the transition to a more sustainable economy must therefore consider the needs of those the needs of workers, marginalized communities and emerging economies. Yeah. And as as the kind of world moves away from carbon-intense industries to more cleaner energy systems, I think how can the wealthier nations and the private sector help accomplish this by investing in more sustainable infrastructure, you know, in across markets, right? And help these marginalized communities or developing economies to actually come up the cleaner. Um, energy space really mm-hmm. that's what just transition is
0: you you made a very interesting point I thought you know what happens when companies leave these events and so on and we, it's it's an ongoing question i think there's there's no doubt that companies are more committed um, to tackling climate change and we, we see that with all many types of businesses um, do you th- do you think we're seeing a genuine change now in terms of how brands and business tackle issues like climate change, tackle uh, ESG issues? Um, or do you think perhaps it's still more of a compliance mindset?
1: No, I think there's a change. There's a clear change, especially in some of the larger groups, larger companies. You know, we're, we're kind of, in my way, approaching like an ecological event horizon, right? The point of no return. So everybody needs to step up and they recognize that. Like, right? so um, So let's be clear, the brands that do this really well will, even if, everyone is stacking the idea for just transition and the USP is lost, will still do well. Those brands will still continue to do well. The, the, the more you stand out for your action, the better you'll stand out against your competition as well. Um, the expectation now goes beyond, I don't know, Coca-Cola suggesting you recycle their mountains of bottles. Mm-hmm. Or BP uh, talking about the idea of minimizing one's own carbon footprint, right? Mm-hmm. Putting the onus on consumers while they still um, would drill fossil fuels, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Greenwashing will always do... Uh, more harm than good. So the best businesses are now seriously investing in the future of the planet. I mean, Microsoft's commitment to innovate, to tackle th- their scope of three emissions, right? Be carbon neutral by 2030 and negative by 2050. Mm. Uh, Lever's commitment to be, uh, I think their supply chain to be plastic-free by 2030. Mm. Or uh, L'Oreal, right? So all some of these big brands have made some serious commitments. And I think they're walking the talk. Mm. We've just started in India working with Godrej. right? And uh, they're doing some amazing work around the mangroves in Bombay. It's the green mm. lung. And we actually saw, we were seeing flamingos come back oh, wow. into a city like Bombay, which I think is amazing.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, that's a, a really interesting point as well. And one I wanted to ask you about. Obviously, you're based in India. Um, a lot of these reports, I think they take a global view, right? Um, yeah. and, and sometimes it's, it's somewhat Focused on the US and the UK and Western markets. What does this all look like in India? Do you see the same commitment? Um, are there any specific differences there?
1: Um, no, I think the commitment is strong, mm-hmm. but I think it's still at the much larger corporate company mm-hmm. level. Uh, so, as you know, some of the big groups like the Tatars are doing it for a long time. Yeah. Um, in fact, they've been the first one, the first few ones to launch the EV. Mm-hmm. And it's doing really, really well. Yeah. So, it's really picked up. Um, so, uh, so if you look at the big Indian industrial groups, yes, they are investing. Yeah. Right. Goitre and Boys, I just gave you that example. They're doing some amazing work around the mangroves in Bombay, uh, the Mahindras or the Tadas. Um By default, some of the MNCs that are operating in India will have that. They'll have to do that in India as well. So whether right. it's uh, whether it's uh, like I mentioned, Microsoft or L'Oreal will yeah. start ending up doing that in India. So is the commitment real? Yes, but it's still at the
0: right. High top level. And how about ESG issues more broadly? I mean, are you seeing that as a driver in terms of the work that you're seeing? For oh example? yes, yeah, right.
1: yeah. I think we're seeing more and more work coming around ESG. Yeah. Um, while there's the whole environment and sustainability practices uh, we're doing, there's also a lot big focus around governance issues. Mm-hmm. Um, If you look at the larger unicorn space in India, Mm -hmm. in the recent past, there's been a lot of governance issues that have come to light Mm. with some of the, I mean, you must have read about some of the cases, right? Yeah, sure. I think you're working on some of them. (laughs) We are, yes, absolutely. (laughs) So governance is coming to be a key play as well. So yes, to answer your question, absolutely. So I think, right, especially investors who are looking at big unicorns, they're going to look at seriously about the governance issues Mm -hmm. now. Uh, the larger companies are going to focus more on environmental sustainability practices. If you go on uh, websites uh, or e-commerce sites, you'll see a lot of people now trying to buy more environment-friendly products. Mm. I mean, the Brands in Motion report talks about how consumers, including in India, are uh, really uh, basically engaging with brands who who have a responsibility to society.
0: Right. How is the regulatory regime in India when it comes to mandating ESG, CSR commitments, because I think that's a really interesting angle to this, and 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 potentially it's quite different in in many Asian countries.
1: Yes, um, India was one of the first few countries to mandate the two percent mm. law. If you have two percent, your two percent of your profits above a certain certain threshold needs to go back into CSR, mm. That's very well defined. So yeah. you can get penalized if you don't do it. Right, um, and that's worked really well. I mean, I know so many of our clients who and other. Companies who are using uh, using that law as well to one invest not just two percent but much more. Mm-hmm. So it's actually given a fillip to the investment in CSR. Right. Yeah. So it's not just people are just not saying oh I'll invest two percent, but they're actually ending up investing much more. Right. So um, on the on the other regulatory side, I think the government is really pushing for clean energy. Yeah. So the EV, as you can see, you know while um, while there are auto car makers who want to move from fos from kind of uh, petrol, diesel to hybrid and then to EV, but I think I think the Indian government is keen to just go straight to EVs mm-hmm. as long as we can fix the infrastructure. Yeah. So you know, India—it's uh, not the first time that India has jumped, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, jumped a technology. Yeah. Leapfrog. Right? Right. So, Leapfrog you know, yeah. the technology. So can we do it this time? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. The jury's out on that. If we can get infrastructure in place, we probably can. Yeah. But uh, the government is keen. Absolutely, to to make sure that we use more clean energy. I think the Prime Minister also at COP twenty six made a commitment of being of you know of I think twenty seventy. He said mm-hmm. that India will um, uh, adhere to its goals, which is yeah. I think coming from an emerging or developing economies is a big big sign of commitment. Sure.
0: So, what are the actions that brand leaders can take right now on climate commitments? What's your advice to them?
1: I think. Um, you know, we, we, we've talked about, um, you know, five key actions, really, the report talks about. One is close the gap between C-suite aspirations and company-wide action, mm-hmm. right? So the middle and low tiers of, orga- uh, of organizations are not always clear on how sustainability aspirations translate to action. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll give you a small example of what we did as an agency in India, for example, uh, when we had the deadly second wave in mm-hmm. India last year. We actually took out a program which was built for and by the employees, mm. which is a, a campaign on COVID-appropriate um, uh, COVID behavior, behavior and vaccination called, you mm-hmm. know, are you ready? And that campaign has run for a, one year. Mm-hmm. It's done and devised by the people, by the employees, and they've run it themselves on mm. social media. Wow. And yeah. we we culminate that on the 30th of June. It'll yeah. be one year since, since then. Um, and that's really helped people relate to a cause, right, and mm-hmm. what the company is doing. So uh, I think C-suite and executive leadership must lead the internal conversation about our transition, bearing in mind that many senior and mid-level managers will be anxious what's, what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by partnering with employees on reaching some of your sustainability targets is, is important because you get their goodwill and their expertise as well. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I think we need to expand our sustainability story and impact beyond our own backyard. So mm-hmm. it, we can't just be today, we understand the sphere of the organizational impacts must be expanded as we face more public scrutiny, right? Mm-hmm. So there's a shift from the past where many companies focus the bulk of the sustainability initiatives on their own operations. And uh, now I think uh, we have to invest in action that also support the people who will be impacted by these radical changes. Mm. Um, three, I think we have to debunk the myth that sustainability is too expensive.
0: Right. Okay.
1: Brands are facing double-edged sword, right? So their sphere of responsibility has expanded. Uh, they still face a contingent of stakeholders skeptical about whether the just transition efforts are worth the cost. Yeah. Uh, the number one misconception respondents face is the notion that climate and sustainability targets and programs are too expensive, not a justifiable expense. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gap really presents an important thought leadership opportunity, right? And brands should devote resources to tackling misinformation and educate a broad set of stakeholders. Because I think if you do your right purpose, I think profits will follow. I think you just have to do your business in the right way, right. and I think consumers recognize that today. Consumers want to engage with brands uh, who are uh, really focused on sustainability goals. Sure. Um, fourthly, embrace a global mindset, invest in the people and places that need it most. So you know, mm-hmm. the most recent intergovernment panel on, panel on climate change IPCC report makes it painfully clear that the time to address the climate crisis is quickly running out. Mm-hmm. So significant upfront investment that brings clean, clean energy to some of these uh, regions uh, with the highest air pollution, like Delhi, <laughs> yeah. uh, will be required likely in, in public-private partnerships to address emissions globally. Right, And finally, I think harness stakeholders' willingness to play the long game. Mm-hmm. It can't just be you know, nearly half of corporate leaders think shareholders would be willing to accept decreased returns right. uh, to accelerate sustainability. Uh, and they have to, I think the payoff will be more it will be in a more livable world eventually. Right. Do so, you
0: think shareholders are open to that?
1: I think they? so. I think they will be. Right. I think as long as they can see a, see a longer return on investment yeah. uh, from the brand. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Um,
0: you talked about employees and, and expertise, which I think is an interesting angle here as well. I mean, what what are you seeing in terms of specific ESG expertise in the industry? Is there enough? First of all, how are you finding it? Uh, uh, developing it retaining it because you would imagine there's a lot of competition around
1: oh yeah um i agree uh is there enough expertise no i mean we've always had shortage of talent as an industry yeah and if you see our industry we've kind of grown in different disciplines right within yeah. the industry i think i can't recognize a pr agency today if you compare it to 10 years back mm. um and also esg is a much larger space right we just say esg in one breath which is uh, but it has three very yeah. different components, right? So yeah. I talked about governance. That has a totally different components to environment, yeah. right? So uh, do we have the expertise? I think we do have people, but do we have enough? No. Mm-hmm. And I think also companies or clients need to come to us to h- enable us to help them. They need to also have the faith and trust in us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just have to nurture talent. And I think we can. And I think we are now hiring outside the industry. Right. We've got some really, I mean, in India, we've got some really smart people who are looking at some of the ESG work we're doing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's working out really well. We're okay. doing some interesting work. Talent will always be a challenge, Arun. I think the problem is how do we create pockets of expertise within the agency, right? Within those people. Yeah. And then drill that knowledge down. Yeah.
0: And, and sustain them. And I sustain them. Suppose. Yeah. Um, as we emerge, hopefully, from the pandemic, um, do you think there's a risk that companies will, and, and I suppose you know we're seeing economic issues as well emerging on the horizon in terms of inflation and so on. Do you think there's a risk that companies start to see their ESG commitments, particularly in terms of climate, as a nice to have, and and start cutting spending?
1: I hope not, mm-hmm. but you're right. The risk is real. I think um, I think with the war, the inflation. Has gone up, and I know that everybody, our clients, agencies, everybody's seeing inflationary pressures. Mm -hmm. And so far, I think a lot of companies have resisted passing that off to consumers, but at some point, it might have to happen. Yeah. Uh, Or they'll start cutting expense, like you said, somewhere else. Right. Uh, But I actually think it needs um, bold, brave action, you know, and ESG or CSR purpose, it's not a switch that can be kind of flicked on and off. I think if you've kind of started something, you have to stay the course, otherwise you'll, you'll lose the game. I mean, like I said, if Microsoft's made a commitment, I don't think they can roll it back now or cut it. Or, it, you know, it's, it's a commitment, and I think they'll stay the course. Brands like them will stay the course. Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I think it's bold, brave action. I don't think, I think people will have to stay the course. They can't yeah. now start cutting back. Best because, hey, COVID's over. We're yeah. back on the street. We're in Cannes. Everything's yeah. back to normal. No. Need,
0: I mean, it's, it's interesting you use the words bold and brave. Um, leadership, I think, is really important in this. Oh, yeah. And do you see any changes in terms of leaders in India and in Asia, in terms of their willingness to tackle some of these issues that maybe are a little, once upon a time, were seen as a, a little bit risky, companies shouldn't be, I mean, maybe not climate, I think, is a, is a generally a low-risk issue because everyone mm-hmm. sort of kind of agreed on it but there are many other issues which are far more risky right if we talk about the whole esg spectrum it's politics in india right that's yep. the third rail You've, you you it's very rare to see a company engage around that the backlash can be huge we've seen some indian yep. brands get into trouble i think there was an ad recently right it caused all sorts of yes uh, was it an ad i can't remember or it was a tweet in fact
1: tweet ad yeah, the, yeah. there's many <laughs> many examples do sometimes. you
0: see a change in terms of of leaders being more willing, especially as as you know, leaders get younger, to, to speak up, and should they?
1: Should they? Yes. Mm-hmm. Will they? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, leaders will con- in India, especially, these are continue to and will continue to speak on social issues for sure. Mm. Will they speak on politically sensitive issues? Probably not. Right. Um, but they will speak on social issues. They are speaking. They're doing that. I think that change is real. Yeah. I think people are very clear what they want to do. Uh, and to be fair, I think, in a lot of cases, the government aligned with some of that agenda on social impact issues, yeah, but there are politically sensitive issues which a lot of leaders shy away from because they yeah. are politically sensitive right and and I think should they do that absolutely we've seen one or two people do it
0: you have, yeah, 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 well, we see it in many other countries, yeah, I would say, obviously I think in the u s the most yeah, uh, but in India, it seems to be a very very a, a interesting time in terms of 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 those kinds of, of stances, um, the the backlash, the fear of the backlash is huge. I yeah. Think. yeah. Interesting. So let's talk more broadly about the industry to, to conclude. Um, how do you think the Indian PR industry has held up during the past two years?
1: Oh, I think we've held up really well. I mm-hmm. think the first year of COVID, um, I think majority of the agencies just went into auto tech mode Mm. i think it it helps that i think indians by nature i mean they're they're familiar with technology yeah right right? so we went into tech mode very quickly um and i think most agencies didn't have a bad year Mm. they had a tough year Mm -hmm. and i think for most margins remain strong Mm. Uh, yeah maybe there was a small dip you know three four some cases ten percent but Broadly, I would think the agency was largely flat or just under flat. Yeah. In 2020. Uh 2021's been a great year. Yeah. So it's been a good year. It's good for us for sure. And I know that we speaking to a lot of agency leaders, they've had 2021's been a good year for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, also because I think 2021, we still remain home. Mm-hmm. Uh costs yeah. were still low. Yeah. Right. Uh, and work increased you know exponentially mm-hmm. uh and also like you said we also expanded our sphere right so we're doing more social more digital uh more community-led work right and more esg purpose-driven work, right so all that kind of helped also grow revenues for clients mm-hmm. for uh, agencies yeah so yeah it's been we've come out really well and i think if you see uh 2021 ending i think our industry would have grown i would say in the high double digits okay how are you feeling about 2022 um feeling good so far it's been mm-hmm. very good um I, my only concern like you said earlier mm-hmm. was inflation right. the inflation pressures yeah uh attrition remains a challenge in yeah. india uh talent remains a challenge so that you know really uh but i think we're also broad basing talent so we are also getting talent from outside yeah outside the industry we have to i think there's no way out mm-hmm. um We've also started a, a accreditation program. The yeah. the PRCI along with Score started an accreditation program to see how we can keep the you know uh, the the kind of talent within the industry. Um, uh, I think yeah, I think the inflation thing will have have an impact at least, yeah. at least on margins. I would say because clients have to also recognize to increase. Sure,
0: and and well, that's always been an issue in India, right? Yeah, it's it's still an in, an industry where clients don't necessarily pay the appropriate level of fees for the services they receive. Not all the time, no. Not all the time. Um, although, of course, we've, we've had discussions with clients where they sometimes take a, a different view on, on some, of these, <laughs> some of these discussions. One thing I've noticed, I mean, globally, of course, but also in India, and, and quite markedly in India, is the focus on internal culture um, at agency, but you know, in the corporate world in general, do you think that will um, outlive the pandemic, or is there a risk that that becomes um, a casualty of, uh, you know, the, the the battle to protect margin?
1: You mean people coming back to work?
0: Not just people coming to- back to work, but uh, agencies, for example, investing in the, in their workplace and making sure that they are trying to provide the best possible culture uh, for their people.
1: I hope they don't cut back. Um, I don't think so. I think I think whoever I've spoken to. Within the industry, people want, I mean, one, people are coming back. They yeah. want people to come back. And people are coming back. Yeah. I mean, we are at twice a week back in office. And it's really good to see people back in office. And we've started doing a lot of, you know, the team building kind of exercises. We right. started to engage with people much more. And I think getting people back is going to help attrition. Yeah. Slow down attrition. Because sure. I think a lot of people didn't meet anybody. Yeah. They had no bonds. They had no reason to stick around because they don't have any so to speak, bonds or friends in the mm-hmm. agency itself. So now they have. They're seeing, meeting, they're mm-hmm. going out with each other. So I think that it'll help attrition. I think people will invest. Don't have, I don't think they have a choice. Yeah. I think if you don't invest, people are not going to stay back.
0: Yeah. I you mean, know? that. I think that this has been one of the sort of best byproducts of the yeah. last couple of years. Yeah. It's, it's made many agencies realize how, you know, culture is non-negotiable. Yeah, totally.
1: And, and in my view... It's very difficult to create culture. If somebody can do it, great, but difficult to create culture remote. No, but I've been impressed
0: at some of the Yeah, I'm <laughs> the sure, efforts. yes. The, you know, it's been, it's been good to see. I hope it does. I like you. I hope I hope it, it continues. Nitin, thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Arun. For your time. Have
0: a, a safe journey back and hopefully I'll see you again soon.
1: Yes, thank you. Pleasure talking to you.
0: been listening to the provoked podcast from provoked media with production support from the strategic podcast consultancy for dc